rolling, bro. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 452, September 8, 2020. 99 degrees was the high on this date. That happened in 1931. And as chilly as 36 degrees in 1883, and for you members of the Royal Order of the 21sters, there's only 73 days left before the days start getting longer. (laughs) And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic, with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Let me bring some closure to uh, the topic the last time we were on the air, which was last Thursday, then we all entered this long Labor Day weekend. I missed the fair during Labor Day weekend. Uh, there was a certain vibe missing. I missed the, the fair cities. completely. I, I, I longed yeah. to go walk the fair. I was sad. There was just a vibe missing. That Sunday night before Labor Day vibe oh. was missing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Uh, we were talking about the behavior of the police in Buffalo, New York, taking down a guy at uh, 3 in the morning. I'm sorry, Rochester, New York, uh, taking down um, a guy named Prude. Is it Prude? I believe so. Yeah, and I said, where's the compassion? At least get him warm. And I got many, many emails. Yeah, you did. And and I've chosen one because it it basically sums up most of what the others said. Uh, This is from Donna, who writes, I'm a faithful listener and usually enjoy the conversation. However, when you start discussing police and how they are doing their jobs, you may want to take into consideration the correctness of the video view of current actions. Videos do not always show all of the actions correctly. Hindsight is twenty twenty. As a columnist, you probably never have been in the middle uh, of and responsible for results of conflict like a policeman. Your comments sometimes show a negative side of police actions that are later found not to be true. I think we have to respect police, and they are making split-second decisions without all of the facts available. I would not be able to do that job as well as it is done most of the time. I do agree with you that the man in Rochester should have been given some type of cover for privacy and warmth. Well, what you're doing, Donna, uh, and I don't want to bring this up again because I, I want to move on because I've made some discoveries over the weekend. But what you're doing, Donna, is asking me not to believe my own eyes. And that's a big problem in American society right now. I choose to believe my own eyes. What I can be guilty of, no, what I am guilty of, is I violated my own 48-hour to 72-hour rule to get all the facts on a big story. Even though it happened in I was March, say it happened in March, but I only became aware of it that day, so I didn't give it the time. So that's that's my sin. I didn't give it my forty-eight hour to seventy-two hour rule. Not much has been learned since then, by the way. Mm-hmm. Not much has been learned since September. Was it the fourth? Uh, let me look at my calendar. We were last on the air third, third, the yeah. third, <clears throat> the third. Uh, You're okay. doing math. Yeah. We were last on the year the third. Well, that's when I became aware of it, and I didn't give it the the forty eight hour to seventy two hour rule. I hope it all I hope it all works out. Uh, but this discovery over the weekend, uh, I, I think the mystery is becoming uh, coming into a sharper, sharper focus. We've already agreed that pretty much everything in this country is becoming politics, right? Everything is politics. Yes. yes. Well, if everything is politics, then race, the, que- the race questions are also political. 
because everything is politics. If sports can become politics, which they are becoming, then certainly it stands to reason the whole question of race itself is becoming <clears throat> political. Yes. And so the mystery might very well be the fundamental change of the institutions in this country to bring about an equity uh, whimsically, to bring it about by assignment or mandate, to bring about a mandate that would ensure equity that has nothing to do with achievement or uh, competence. Now, bear with me, you euphorians who love to listen but can't admit it to your neighbor. I'm not suggesting that people of color, for example, are not capable of achievement or competence. Why, it's the opposite. They most certainly are. But there is a movement afoot that is depriving them of the opportunities for achievement and competence and making them, in, in many cases, less than. the uh, What's that phrase? The soft bigotry of low expectations. Yeah. On Friday, the White House released a memorandum for the heads of executive departments and agencies. And I'm shocked that this hasn't received more backlash in the news-gathering institutions, uh, possibly because it was uh, conveniently released on the Friday before a long weekend. But it's, uh, it's from Russell Vought, the director uh, of the executive office of the president, and the subject is training in the federal government. It has come to the president's attention that executive branch agencies have spent millions of taxpayer dollars to date training government workers to believe divisive anti-American propaganda. For example, according to press reports, employees across the executive branch have been required to attend trainings for which they are told that virtually all white people contribute to racism or where they are required to say that they benefit from racism. According to press reports, in some cases, these, training, these trainings have further claimed that there is racism embedded in the belief that America is the land of opportunity or the belief that the most qualified person should receive a job. These types of trainings not only run counter to the fundamental beliefs for which our nation has stood since its inception, but they also engender division and resentment within the federal workforce. We can be proud that as an employer... The federal government has employees of all races, ethnicities, and religions. We can be proud that Americans from all over the country seek to join our workforce and dedicate themselves to public service. We can be proud of our continued efforts to welcome all individuals who seek to serve their fellow Americans as federal employees. However, we cannot accept our employees receiving training that seeks to undercut our core values as Americans and drive division within our workforce. The president has directed me to ensure that federal agencies cease and desist from using taxpayer dollars to fund these divisive, un-American propaganda training sessions. Accordingly, to that end, the Office of Management and Budget will shortly issue more detailed guidance on implementing the president's directive. In the meantime, all agencies are directed to begin to identify all contracts or other agency spending related to any training on critical race theory, white privilege, or any other training or propaganda effort that teaches or suggests either, one, that the United States is an inherently racist and evil country, or two, that any race or ethnicity is inherently racist or evil. In addition, all agencies should begin to identify 
all available avenues within the law to cancel any such contracts and or to divert federal dollars away from these un-American propaganda training sessions. Last paragraph. The president and his administration are fully committed to the fair and equal treatment of all individuals in the United States. The president has a proven track record of standing for those whose voices have long been ignored and who have failed to benefit from all our country has to offer, and he intends to continue to support all Americans regardless of race, religion, or creed. The diverse, false, and demeaning propaganda of the critical race theory movement is contrary to all we stand for as Americans and should have no place in the federal government. Okay, now because this came from Trump, uh, the the opposition will see it as as evil, uh, that he's wrong. No, critical race theory is evil. And this is a brilliant memorandum, long overdue, long overdue. So I spent more time than I wanted to over the weekend reading about critical race theory. Do you guys know what it is? I don't. I've never heard of it. Kenny's yeah, done some homework. Do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I was I was surprised that we were both kind of on the same uh, path over the weekend, but separately. I, too, found myself uh, immersed in, in critical race theory. Uh, it, it had its origins in law schools in the 80s, and if I'm interpreting it correctly, what it comes down to is that critical race theorists believe that Society determines behavior and that the individual is not responsible for his or her behavior because of a society that's been systemically and inherently racist since the founding of the country. And therefore, to bring about, this is where the mystery comes into sharp focus, to end that, to end what the critical race theorists have determined is an essential unfairness that is literally born into your genetic code upon your mother giving you birth, uh, all sorts of changes will take place to fundamentally change the institutions of our country and to replace what is considered by the critical race theorists to be a white, privileged power structure and to change that by mandating differences that will result in what the critical race theorists will determine to be equity. So my, my further, what I wanted to know is, what, what is the end game of the critical race theory? By the way, it's, it's spread out into society now. It's in corporate America. It's in news-gathering institutions. It's in uh, sports. It's in entertainment. It's in the government. It's everywhere. Everywhere the woke belief is that we're all racist, and, and we, must, we must follow the thinking which is unscientific, of the critical race theorists who have ways they think they can bring this to a conclusion. And among my reading was discovering a piece by a writer I, I admire named Andrew Sullivan. And he, he interviewed a guy named Ibram X. Kendi, who wrote a book called How to Be an Anti-Racist. And this piece appeared in uh, November of 2019 in The Intelligencer. And it helps me it helped me uh, get to the bottom of, of what the end game might be because uh, Sullivan, who I've invited on the show, uh, I hope we hear from him, uh, had the same question I had. What, what, is the, what, are, what are we up to here? Uh, Kendi is careful not to say the quiet part out loud, hence the vagueness at the end of the book. But in a recent political symposium on how to fix inequality in America, Kendi did get more specific. 
he supports a constitutional amendment that enshrines two guiding anti-racist principles. Racial inequity is evidence of racist policy and the different racial groups are equals. This is how he thinks it should work. It would establish and permanently fund the Department of Anti-Racism, the DOA, comprised of formally trained experts on racism and no political appointees. The DOA would be responsible for pre-clearing all local, state, and federal public policies to ensure they won't yield racial inequity, monitor those policies, investigate private racist policies when racial inequity surfaces, and monitor public officials for expressions of racist ideas. The DOA would be empowered with disciplinary tools to wield over and against policymakers and public officials who do not voluntarily change their racist policy and ideas. There is, of course, Selvin writes, no conceivable way such an amendment would succeed in the grueling process that is amending the Constitution. And this amendment is completely incompatible with many of the core tenets of the American Constitution. But it really is a revelation to see the goal Kennedy sets. He wants unelected, formally trained experts on racism, presumably all from critical race theory departments, to have unaccountable control over every policy that won't yield racial equality in every field of life, public or private. They are tasked with investigating private racist policies. Any policy change anywhere in the U.S. would have to be pre-cleared by these experts who could use disciplinary tools if policymakers do not cave to their demands. They would monitor and control public and private speech. What Kendi wants is power to coerce others to accept his worldview and to implement his preferred policies over and above democratic accountability or political opposition. Among those policies would be those explicitly favoring non-whites over whites because the only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. Every now and then it's worth thinking about what the intersectional left's ultimate end game really is. And here it strikes me as both useful and fair to extrapolate from Kendi's project. They seem to not genuinely believe in liberalism, liberal democracy, or persuasion. They have no clear foundational devotion to individual rights or freedom of speech. Rather, the ultimate aim seems to be running the entire country by fiat to purge it of racism and every other intersectional ism and phobia while they're at it. And they demand disciplinary tools by unelected bodies to enforce a radical reorientation of our consciousness. There is a word for this kind of politics in this kind of theory when it is fully and completely realized, and that word is totalitarianism. Right. There's your mystery. Right so is this is this handicapper general stuff? Or? Yes, yes, exactly, okay. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Wow. You're referring to a Kurt Vonnegut short story called "The Handicapper General." This is uh, the complete control of what I w- will be allowed to think and what I will be allowed to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's being taught right now under the guise of anti-racism classes mm-hmm. that many companies um, are, are undergoing. Uh, hence the memo from the White House last Friday. It's not enough for me to say I'm not a racist. Uh, to a fellow like Kendi, uh, he would say, well, you, you absolutely are. By virtue of your whiteness, you're a racist, and your whiteness yeah. has allowed you. Your whiteness should be considered as a property you own that I can't own because my skin is darker than yours. Yeah. So wow. I, 
I, I, I, uh, but as I actually I, saw a couple of videos of this uh, being taught to people, a room, a room full of uh, people uh, being led by a, a black lady, telling each and every person in there just because they're white, they are racist, and they just sat there and soaked it all in. Well, as 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 our diners just sitting there and taking it when they are affronted by mm-hmm. groups of of uh, radicals, say, if you don't put your fist in the air, you're not anti-racist. Yep. Gosh, but it's it's but it's it's working because because people keep continuing to cave to it because what's happening is what's happening is in order to appear to be not racist, you must behave in a way that meets the critical theorist thinking. You must disavow everything you've ever stood for. Thus, Mm -hmm. thus you see, uh, for example, uh, rather than the headlines right now being Vikings are going to open against Green Bay Sunday, you know, two years ago or even a year ago, that was, right. that's the headline. Right. The headline today is Vikings announced 2020 commitments to social justice causes and just how much money the Wolves are willing to spend. It's, it's spreading to sports, uh, media, uh, everywhere, uh, entertainment, but corporate America, the academy. It's... And we discussed this last week or the week before, Joe. It's spreading out of fear. This is the Black Lives sign in your window out front simply so you don't get a rock through the window. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're just buying themselves time here. They're jumping on the bandwagon in order to protect their own ass. But don't you also... Oh, I'm I'm sorry, Kenny. No, go ahead. I I was just going to say, don't you think, though, that there are almost two different types of worlds that are going on right now? What I mean by that is... We're seeing an abundance of that the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. But I spent a fair amount of my weekend in outstate Minnesota, and it's a different world. Mm-hmm. It's just a different world altogether. Well, I got a message. Um, private. Well, message. Not a lot of black Americans in rural America. No, I guess. Not, my, 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 actually, there are, Joe. Uh, there are. And out there, we're all equal. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we're just people trying to get through our damn day. Right. You know, and we're getting along just fine. Jackie Lewis is a uh, a very loyal, or has been a very loyal listener over the years, and had sent me a, a quick message about what's going on. Good morning, Matt. I just got done listening to your solo podcast, and wow, the doldrums for us out of Minneapolis-St. Paul listeners, you guys have got to get out there and see what the rest of the state is doing and living. It's beautiful. We're all enjoying life. We're not paranoid, and we're not checking numbers hourly. I'm sad for you guys living down there, but there is hope in the world, and there's a bright morning every morning. Uh, and there is fear outside of where you guys live down there. I suggest to stop reading the numbers, stop listening to the negativity. We do not hear anything about this stuff every day. Flu, bronchitis, heart attacks. Uh, the front page of newspapers are scrolling all over the TV. And the mask wearing, uh, get used to it. We have to do it. GL has gotten too hard for me to listen to. There's also more to life and so much more there could be. Books reviewed, all the time spent home stories, loved ones, and you guys are stuck in the whole pandemic riot sadness. It's just too hard to listen to. Have a great weekend. What's your name? Uh, Jackie Lewis. I don't know if ja- I, I don't know if Jackie's a guy or a lady. I, I apologize, but uh, a hardcore listener, and I don't think that's a, a negative. I don't think she's uh, or Jackie's saying this with hate. Well, what what I would say to Jackie is, Jackie, what the hell do you want me to do? Uh, I, I have to face what's what we're facing, and if you don't think that that would ever come to rural America, you're out of your mind. Yeah, we're talking about a, a movement here to fundamentally change the very nature of this republic so don't 
pretend you get to look at your solo and count butterflies and think you're all better off than I am because I'm stuck closest to the country's tallest buildings. That's not what's being discussed here. What's being discussed here is a national, national movement. Yeah, you so watch the Vikings, Jackie? Uh, the headline uh, isn't uh, Green Bay in town Sunday. The headline is how much money the Wolves are counting out now to, to dish out to social justice campaigns. How far do you think this will filter out? All, everywhere. Everywhere. It's just a matter of time. Of every inch, yeah, of, 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 every inch of this country. Every yeah. inch. Yeah. Mm. And right now you can bask in the beauty of where you live. And I'm looking out the window and it's beautiful. So I, I know what Jackie's talking about. And I've said this a million times on the air. If you can get away for a week with no media, you think the world's one hell of a place. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Just one hell of a good country. Well, and, I, and speaking of that movement, I saw a great tweet uh, in the last, in, excuse me, in the over seven years that they have been around, BLM has raised over a billion dollars and hasn't sent one black kid to college, but they do pay for their lawyers when they go to jail. So what's the real agenda here? Well, let's get back to the real agenda. For years, I've I've touted something that I just arbitrarily chose to call the mystery. Hell, Rook, it's got to be what, 15 years ago? Yes, at least. Something was afoot. Something was afoot. And in the early days, I said the mystery is an attempt by those among us who would bring about a country that we don't recognize, that would bring about a country where... Uh, uh, institutions are, are challenged, uh, fundamental rituals are challenged, uh, faith is challenged, everything is challenged. And then for years and years and years, we've been wrestling with, well, what, what, what's the end game? Well, I think, we're, I think we're stumbling on it. If everything is politics, then race must be politics. And if race is politics, by which I guess I mean race relations, then I guess race relations will be handled politically. It'll become part of the government's task to enforce in you, me, at every child born, what? To enforce a sense of anti-racism, which presumes that the child is born with it. And if you don't think that's the case, let's go to another book by Kendi, which I found today. I found this. Uh, it's, an, it's a book called Anti-Racist Baby. I got this off Glenn Beck's site, The Blaze. Anti-Racist Baby. It's a children's book designed to help parents and their young babies fight racism. God. Just, la just last week, NPR, uh, NPR is, is a, a willing home to the most radical thinking you can come up with. Thus, this, this nutcase from last week who, uh, who thinks that uh, theft should be allowed. Well, what the hell was that person's name? Oh, yeah. That, uh, whatever. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Just last week, NPR placed the book, which is geared for newborns to children aged three years old, on its 100 favorite books for young readers. The book is written by Ibram X. Kendi. Kendi wrote the book, according to reports, to help empower parents and children to uproot racism in our society and in ourselves. That feat, according to Kendi, who was also director of the Anti-Racist Research and Policy Center at American University in Washington, D.C., is apparently only possible through raising anti-racist babies. According to the Cauldron Pool, I don't know what that is, the book lays out nine steps from which parents can base raising an ethical and inclusivity-seeking child. Let me stop right there. Let me stop right there. 
Do you see how that can only mean that the government will tell me what constitutes ethical and inclusivity? Because I'm already an ethical and inclusive person, which isn't going to be enough. Therefore, I'm going to be taking orders from some entity in the government that would instruct me on what my correct belief should be. Okay, so will this blow over? Let's uh, uh, twenty years down the road, uh, they endorse uh, e- Kennedy endorses this person for president. If you are a Republican and you vote for John Wilson, then he's saying I can come after you or no, no, no. You're getting ahead of yourself. Okay, just just a minute. The book ensures that if parents follow the rules step by step, it will help to improve equity, such as opening our eyes to all the skin colors and celebrating all of our differences. Such steps include calling out racism when it's seen and confessing to inherent racism as babies and toddlers. (laughs) The book uses friendly-looking cartoon graphics depicting demonstrators with signs that read things like Black Lives Matter and Equity Now. The book, according to The Federalist, opens with the following passage. Anti-racist baby is bred, not born. Anti-racist baby is raised to make society transform. A portion of the book reads, nothing disrupts racism more than when we confess the racist ideas that we sometimes express. What are they? What racist ideas are we expressing? But they will be told to me. They will say that show you did on September 10th, 1998 was racist because of X, Y, and Z. Some people get, uh, the book also touches upon privilege. Some people get more while others get less. You don't get anything. You earn it. But that concept is gone. Do you understand that? Yeah. Some people get more while others get less because policies don't always grant equal success, the book says. In other words, in other words, if you have, it's because of policies that have excluded others. And if you don't have, it's because policies that have benefited the people who have. Well, tell that to Tyler Perry or Oprah Winfrey or Barack Obama or Barack Obama's billionaire buddy in Chicago. What they're getting rid of is one Amazon reviewer writes, this book is complete garbage and merely pushes the anti-intellectual binary claim that everyone is either a racist or non-racist. Again, catering to the market of spineless, woke, white, self-flagellating liberals who have bought into this nonsense so they can be redeemed. Uh, All right. In a July interview with the Harvard Gazette, Kendi said there's no such thing as not racist. People are either racist or anti-racist. Yes, let's see. Can and I? That, will you draw that distinction for me, Kenny? Because I can't. Well, that in itself, Joe, is racist, is what that is. And, and this book you just talked about is basically touting the same narrative that a book that came out two years ago called White Fragility. It's the same narrative where, the, where the, they're saying the same thing. And those books and this anti-racist thing is, in fact, racist. Mm-hmm. The heartbeat of racism itself has always been denial, and the sound of that heartbeat has always been, I'm not racist, Kendi said. What I am trying to do with my work is to get Americans to eliminate the concept of not racist from their vocabulary and realize we're either being racist or anti-racist. Well, groin kick this Kendi guy. B as in B, fella. B what, what, B. what he is is anti-intellectualism. He, yes, he's, he's, he's pro. He's pro dumb. Is what he is. This, um, the, yeah. He's he, he's. It's not enough for me to have. Uh, what what he would do is order a government agency 
to pre-approve my thinking and speech. That's what he would do. That's what this amounts to. deserves this. How can a baby come out of the womb and be racist? Well, I'll take it even further. I mean, if you've ever had kids in elementary class and you go there for a a parent night and, and you see every single race represented and all of those kids getting along with one another wonderfully because they're all in their eyes equal all of them this racism anti-racism not being a racist diversity training all that bs is created by white liberals who hate themselves for some reason yes yes and they're making it worse they're making they're bringing about they're, they're exacerbating the problem yeah. But but you see how now it's now it becomes clearer to realize that the that the mystery we, we might as well have it under uh, on a microscope slide the mystery mm-hmm. is race that's the mystery the mystery is race and the fundamental changing of this republic to assign to those believed to not have achieved equity equity mm-hmm. and we're seeing the militant arm of this in all of these so-called protest which are in fact actually riots mm-hmm. uh, especially out in portland oh well case in point uh i retweeted a video out of portland uh from a gal that used to work here she's now an, an anchor out in portland and it was the one where the kid threw the molotov cocktail in his, in his feet and legs caught on fire i think you guys have seen it oh, yeah mm-hmm. and i couldn't believe the comments directed at me and her it was it, yeah. That's the world that these people live in, yeah. in their own mind. They're they're creating their own narrative. There is yes. what they're doing. They're they're showing only the most vile video, and they're doing out of, doing it out of a provocation. I know you didn't want to go down the protest road, Joe, so I'll be short. But it's it's all in the editing when it comes to anything that you've seen coming out of Portland. Listen to the Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings have announced the team's 2020 commitments to social justice initiatives, including the first $1 million in donations and investments of the $5 million pledged by ownership in June. This season, the Vikings will commit $1 million towards launching initiatives or expanding existing initiatives in three areas, voter registration, education, and curriculum on black history and racism, and law enforcement and criminal justice reform. This is an NFL team. Yep. Mm-hmm. And covering their ass. And their opening against Green Bay is secondary to them right now. In in the news cycle, opening the season Sunday against Green Bay at home, I believe. Is that true? Are they opening at yeah, home? Yeah, they're Staff, at home. anyone? They're anyone? At home. They're at home. Opening at home against Green Bay, which in in I guess pre woke times was a celebratory event. A big deal. It's now, first we're going to be told what the Vikings are going to spend their money on in terms of creating social justice. I believe the poll ads donated considerable million. considerable millions of dollars 25, to 25 million. Do they realize where it's going? I think they do, Joe. <laughs> and I, they're I, okay they, with that? Yeah, because like I said, they're covering their ass. This but, is disingenuous. But it would be interesting to see, because we're living in times where people aren't allowed to go to the games. In the case of the Twins, especially, the Vikings might be just, they, they might be bulletproof because they're so popular. 
But I wonder if people are going to start saying, to hell with you, I'm not giving you another dime. Well, let's let's continue with the Vikings. Voting. The Vikings are collaborating with the Minnesota Secretary of State to encourage fans to vote. Along with various player-led content on Vikings.com, the team also will be providing a personal protective equipment for polling workers. Education. In 2016, the Vikings became the first NFL team to partner with EverFi, an education and technology company to bring 306 black history to bring 306 black history to some Minnesota classrooms. 306 Black History teaches kids through the stories of black men and women who overcame obstacles through grit, strength, creativity, and intellect. Started in 12 classrooms in 2016, the program will expand to 24 this year. Well, that doesn't sound all bad. That sounds useful. Right. I'm I'm cool with that. Criminal justice reform. The team also will expand its involvement in All Square, a nonprofit that ensures a formerly incarcerated individual's have the support and resources they need to become leaders, business owners, and entrepreneurs. Okay, I'm cool with that. George Floyd Scholarship. With a $125,000 endowment provided by the Vikings following the death of George Floyd, the team created the George Floyd Memorial Scholarship. The inaugural winner is Mimi Call-Balfour, a graduate of Minneapolis Southwest. Calfour is attending Barnard College this fall. Well, I'm sorry you are uh, a young lady because that's a really failed academy. Critical Conversations. In partnership with RISE, Ross Initiative in Sports for Equity, the Vikings will host a series of critical conversation sessions with Minnesota high school athletic programs to help address issues of race and justice. Okay, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's good. Project Success. In 2019, the uh, Vikings partnered with Project Success, a Minneapolis-based organization focused on helping kids' life skills, support, and confidence so they are more successful and engaged during high school and more prepared for life after graduation. The two organizations took 50 students of color from Minneapolis along with Vikings running back C.J. Ham and Amir Abdullah and safety Anthony Harris to Washington, D.C., for a special experience that included a visit to the National Museum of African American History and Culture. The trip was to be replicated in 2020, but due to COVID-19, this year's plan will be a day-long virtual experience, and the Vikings and Project Success plan to return to D.C. in 2021. In addition to these initiatives, the Vikings are also increasing the team's investment in and involvement with the following groups, Hennepin County and Ramsey County Juvenile Detention Centers, the Jeremiah Program, the Link, Page Educational Foundation, that would be Alan Page, People Serving People. We are proud of the foundation Vikings players have established over the last several years, actively engaging our community, but we are all aware of the imperative work that needs to continue, Vikings owner Mark Wilf said in a statement. We are unified in working to create meaningful and substantial change and believe these initiatives will help move us forward. I have thoughts. I have thoughts. Those are all great goals of the Vikings. Uh, in a certain way, they're they're stepping up to the plate and saying, yeah. And, and I like the fact that they're... What I would most prefer is that if outfits like the Vikings are going to give money away, then find programs that are not counter to American values and traditions. And they seem to be doing that. So what the Vikings are doing might be very acceptable. But do you see what the Vikings are doing is what they believe they must do. And so this will further encroach upon corporate America. Now, there might be people saying, well, that's not all bad. Uh, it's time for corporate America to loosen the purse strings and, and help out. But what's that? what that's doing ultimately is creating an arbitrary equity. Hmm. And there will come a time when it won't be enough for the Vikings to select who they choose to give money to. It could come to the time when 
they're told who they're going to give money to by the government department of racism that people like Kendi envision in the future. If you want to continue to uh, uh, play in the National Football League, Vikings, here's where your next $25 million has to go. That would, that would be my suspicion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the mystery. There's the mystery. Mm-hmm. And, and I always said the mystery will be bringing about, bringing about a country that we don't recognize. Well, we certainly are not going to recognize a country where by, by the fate of our birth, we will be told by a governmental agency what we must think and say and do. That's, a, that's not the country, and I, that's across the board for all races and genders and whatever. Well, that's not, that's not America. That's not America. That's taking your orders from the state. And there you have your end of your republic right there. Wow. If politi- everything's politics, and if, if yeah. everything's politics, then race is politics. And race will become politically taken care of by mandates. So let's try to make this podcast last as long as we can before before we're canceled. Right. (laughs) Case in point, uh, Joe, I I found a Care 11 story. I'm sure you guys saw it. The couple that was injured after being attacked Friday night downtown. Did you guys see that story? I did see it, yeah. Uh, And so you see the photo of, I believe it's the guy, and he's bruised head to toe. He had stitches in the back of his head. And a concussion. And I made the mistake of reading the comments, and it automatically turned into a political discussion. Well, of course. Everything's politics. The Vikings are now a political organization. Yep. Professional sports has entered the realm of politics. And uh, apparently the Vikings will be fully supportive of those players who choose to uh, not stand for the anthem or what have you. I I don't know where to be on that argument. Uh, I don't know what it's I don't know what it's supposed to help be uh, bringing about. You want some good news? I do. Uh. Ecofon Motorsports has been blessed with the best year they have in their 12-year history. Fantastic. Well, a pandemic's due in large part for that because people went out and bought bicycles. Right. So the the gang at uh, Tim Bloom and, and the gang at uh, Ecofon Motorsports, hearing about Eric Mishy's amazing, amazing charity of uh, Spare Key, uh, they're struggling to raise funds and taking him on the mighty Mississippi in a homemade raft. We wanted to help with Hope on the River from Labor Day until the end of September we will donate $100 from every scooter and electric bicycle purchased by GLers or anyone mentioning Hope on the River. Come on! With the great wow. GLers, we hope to raise another 8000 to 10000 to help him out. Uh, there's a great sale prices right now on all Bintelli e-bikes and scooters. Those are the same low prices GLers have paid all summer. So, yeah, you mentioned Garage Logic when you stop into EcoFun Motorsports. It's right on Highway 61 downtown forest lake you'll get a hundred dollars off from every scooter and e-bike purchase until the end of september and that hundred bucks will be donated to hope on the river nice they're hoping to get as much as 10 grand uh, please have patience kaylin had to go back to school <laughs> tim's daughter <laughs> kaylin had to go back to school except saturdays and tim is running a little short staffed and he even adds if you like people and fun products 
uh, we might have a job for you. This is at EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Very, very generous of them. Uh, thanks, to, and Tim wants to thank all the GLers for an amazing sales year. Now let's help Hope on the River have the same. EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. University of Garage Logic 98. College of Self Esteem. Zip. Nada. Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Some of the most interesting things I say never make it to the air <laughs> or out of my head. <laughs> me too. Uh, I'm interesting to me. Uh, and something I just said off the air, I think might be airworthy. Do we do we push back when the door is open a crack, or do we wait till the door's been blown off the hinges? Either way, you got to get one of those pushback 2020 signs out in your front yard. The GL yard signs are available at dkmags.com. 443 Old 8, Old Highway 8 up in New Brighton, or Monticello Pond and Gun, 1219 Highway 25 in Monticello. That's just south of 94. Stop in, pick up some ammo, a 308, a rail-mounted tack light, and some Garage Logic pushback 2020 yard signs. By the way, Fire, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, uh, but firearms back in the news again. Seems the old MSM just caught on that fire, firearms sales to new gun owners are on the rise in the country. If you're one of those GLers stopping in for your first gun purchase, well, first of all, you've picked the right shop. Uh, and second, please tell them you're a GLer. They're going to treat you right, and it will allow this wonderful relationship with DKMags.com and Monticello Pond and Gun to continue. Again, the address, DK Mags is 443 Old 8 in New Brighton and Monticello Pond and Gun on Highway 25 just south of 94 in Monticello. I'm telling you, a couple of wonderful shops for GLers run by GLers. Rook, uh, those signs also available at your store, the Minnesotan? Oh, yeah, the Minnesotan in downtown White Bear Lake. It is a fabulous store. Uh, pick up a Garage Logic sign, but also poke around that store because you will find a gem. Old school everything at the Minnesotan in downtown White Bear Lake. Don't the proceeds from the signs also go to Spare Key? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Hope on the River? Yep. Is that right, Reeves? Yes. Yeah. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail, Hail you. you, sir. Hail you. Joe, you've been talking about the social justice movement of professional sports, and I, too, have been perplexed, perplexed by these moves, but I believe I might be able to shed some light on why this is happening. My first thought was concerning professional sports franchises' endless desire for bigger, better, and massively expensive facilities. As you well know, Minneapolis just spent endless millions of taxpayer dollars on the Vikings and Twins' new stadiums. But we also know that there will always be more wants going forward. My initial thought was these political moves were to placate both the players and the mysterians in charge of our taxpayer money to keep the pump lubed for new and improved facilities. That may be part of it, but I believe I figured out an even more likely scenario. Despite the millions made by players these days, what is the only thing we hear from them? Sure, we make millions, but we make the owners billions. I'm starting to think that this is a coordinated move by players to destroy the very leagues that pay them in an attempt to do one of two things. Eliminate the current leagues as competition for their own player-owned leagues or destroy the franchise values to the point where players can buy them for pennies on the dollar. Once they buy them, the players surely believe they'd regain market share by stopping the protesting and earn their way back into the living rooms of most Americans. I think they'd be short-sighted in that regard, but I have no doubt that they believe that would be the case. 
Although this may seem far-fetched, keep in mind that Mayor Bill de Blasio of New York recently hinted that he's okay driving down prices in New York City to make it more affordable for poor people. This is pretty much the Soros playbook. Short sell, destroy it, buy it at the bottom for a fraction of the price. Good luck pushing back in San Antonio, Texas, Chad. I don't know, you think the players are organized enough to say, you know, we can bring down this league and buy it ourselves? No. No. I don't think so either. I think this is more... Uh, of what we've been discussing. This is uh, marching in lockstep to uh, critical race theory, which is unscientific, unproven, dreamed up out of whole cloth, but you're seeing it spread everywhere. Look at the district attorneys who are soft on crime. Mm-hmm. They're soft on crime because they're buying the idea that the society and its conventions, the culture and its conventions are responsible for the behavior of people, not not the individual. So, So there's another great... Uh, alarm bell for those who would believe in critical race theory, you are going to have to willingly surrender your individualism. You would have to surrender your individualism to, in this case, if Kendi got his way, a state-controlled agency that would determine how much your individuality is valid. I don't see any other way to look at it, Rook. I don't see any other way to look at it. It's depressing. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's spooky. It scares the hell out of well, me. Well, you know, we were just talking about pushing back, and I know we've been talking about this story. Joe, this just came in about seven minutes ago from John Croman. He is a reporter for CARE 11. Mm-hmm. Minnesota House Speaker Melissa Hortman's statement on the decision to cancel today's House DFL caucus fundraiser for John Thompson, the DFL candidate for House in 67A. He's come under fire for statements and actions during the protests at Rob Kroll's neighborhood. Quote, This is from uh, Melissa Hortman. Quote, we understand that proceeding with the fundraiser would have conveyed to some that we condone the conduct in Hugo. We do not. This is a time to move forward with from conflict and division. We have to come together to heal our state for all Minnesotans, no matter what you look like or where you live. But she, the DFL has not removed its endorsement of John Thompson. But isn't this at least... Somewhat of a step. In the I, right I have something related to that. Okay. Mm, the Minnesota, the, the Minnesota Police and Peace Officers Association, uh, has condemned the inclusion of a St. Paul candidate on a DFL fundraiser slated for today, the one you just mentioned. Right. The letter addressed to State House Speaker Melissa Hortman refers to John Thompson, a DFL endorsed candidate for House District Seven. District 67A. Thompson, of course, is the crackpot that gave the profanity-laced anti-police speech at a Black Lives Rally Mally, rally Matter rally outside, uh, uh, what the hell's the union boss's name? Bob Kroll. Bob Kroll's house in, in Hugo. Uh, we are writing to address our deep frustration with the continued support shown by the DFL House Caucus to John Thompson, said Brian Peters, executive uh, director of the Minneapolis Police Officers uh, Association, which represents 10,400 safety professionals in the state. The fundraiser was set for noon today is called Meet the New Majority and includes a list of 12 DFL-endorsed candidates, including Thompson. Hortman, House Majority Leader Ryan Winkler, and House Majority Whip Liz Olson are scheduled to speak. The DFL has issued a public condemnation of Trump's of Thompson's behavior, uh, Trump's too, Thompson's behavior immediately following his speech, calling his rhetoric inflammatory and hurtful, but did not withdraw its invo- endorsement. Uh, the uh, Minneapolis, I'm sorry, the Minnesota P- uh, Peace Police and Peace Officers, Officers Association 
said anyone, including candidates for office, who supports Thompson's candidacy to the Minnesota House of Representatives cannot be considered a supporter of law enforcement. We strongly urge the DFL House to immediately end their support of his candidacy and vote for uh, John Strominger. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This is big news because uh, I would imagine uh, public agencies like police and peace officers have uniformly voted DFL. Oh, yes. <laughs> uniformly yes. voted DFL uh, because their unions would, would request that they do and that they have traditionally. And uh, it's a ray of hope that the police and peace officers have drawn the line at Thompson. He's not a fit candidate. No. He's just not a fit candidate. No, he's not a good citizen. I wonder no. down the road here what these the like the Minnesota Police and Peace Officers Association they probably will be this uh, election cycle pulling a lot of normal endorsements to candidates that have been part of the defund the police movement, right. and that's right. a, that's a game changer. We're, we're seeing it across the uh, north, the Arrowhead region, and the uh, the mining region up there where. Democratic mayors are now switching their allegiances. A lot of people changing in northern Minnesota. Hmm. Well, at least they're thinking and not just going party lines and this is what I'm supposed to do, so I'm doing it. Did you guys see Biden, by the way, interviewed over the, I think it was over the weekend, about defunding the police? No. Oh, you want to hear it? It's, okay. It's about 30 seconds. Uh, Joe Biden says that the only person calling to defund the police is Donald Trump. Oh. If you watch the ads, I'm sure you've seen them, although uh, a lot of Pennsylvanians are seeing them because there's a lot of ads out there right now. Uh, they would say that you want to uh, defund the police, and uh, it seems to be uh, uh, trying to frighten some folks. Uh, can, you, can you set the record straight on that? I not only don't want to defund the police, I'm the one calling for $300 billion, million more for local police, for community policing. I also think we should add... Uh, social workers and psychologists help police on 911 calls. The only person calling to defund the police is, is Donald Trump. Look at huh? his budget. He calls for cutting police funding for local, state and local help by $400 million. Once again, he's pathological. Uh, we don't know that. What? Uh, I don't know what he's citing. <laughs> I don't know what. what but it is hilarious how the narrative has just all of a sudden changed with so many different topics. May I? Uh, may I have a few words about Mr. Trump? Um. Okay. Yeah. I'd rather you not. And five, four. We're all shutting we our mics off. Can, can we wait till Ricey's here? Let him do it. Yes. No. Uh. I desperately wish for there not to be anonymity in these claims that Trump has badmouthed troops. I, I think Trump is entirely capable of having said those things. But because the people who claim he said it are hiding in anonymity, it, it, yeah. it'll, it, it, it'll, remain, it'll remain in play that he didn't say those things. And so I'm, I'm, I'm as disappointed in these pandas who don't have the equipment to say here's my name i was there here's what he said uh without that uh people have a justification to say that's fake news well right and and everybody is in such a rush to rip him and be the first to say whatever about the pre why would you be afraid to put your name to it i don't know uh, because they would they they would be afraid somehow that 
they, they would lose whatever power they imagine themselves to have, sure. no matter whatever they do for a living. Because I, I, I don't well, believe he said that, by the way. Well, uh, Joe's probably right. He may have, he's probably capable of. of well, look what he said about the tape well, for me. I want to well, hear the tape. I yeah, well, look what he said about McCain, though. And that was, that was on TV. That, yeah, right. I didn't like that. Yeah. Uh, I, shame on ABC News. ABC News ran with that, and the disclaimer was. Uh, although we have not verified it or fact checked it, we're still running with it. Well, right. the 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 uh, the news gathering institutions have it has their agenda uh, the destruction of his presidency, and this this was a large softball thrown to them. Right. And I think I think if he said these things, it's appalling. It's beyond appalling. But damn it, the the anonymity clouds this, and it just infuriates me. Everybody keeps dancing around the issue. If you've got something on the guy, why don't you stand up like a man and say it? Give me the tape. I want to hear it. Right. I think he's entirely capable of having said that. But so long as you're going to remain anonymous, and so long as the Atlantic Magazine will accommodate your anonymity, there's every reason in the world to justify Trump himself saying, I didn't say it. Because that's tantamount to him saying, prove it. Well, has it been proven? No. No, and, and he's. Ne- I don't think has he ever outside of McCain. He, I thought I've always thought that he's been extremely supportive of the military. He has been uh, very much so. But I didn't like what he said about McCain too. I thought that was well. He had a personal beef with him. Right, he was willing right. to set aside all the hero worship stuff and tell tell everybody the way he felt about him because of his personal beef with him. Yeah, but see, he doesn't have the capacity to rise above personal beefs. That's the problem. You just don't say that about a guy who lived five and a half years in a bamboo cage. There's no justifying what Trump said. I don't care what his beef was. Uh, that's that's all I really wanted to say because it, it bothered me okay. over the weekend. It bothered me that we're just we're constantly burdened with his anonymity, which only compels us to have to think more. And well, did he say it or didn't he say it? You know, if 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 he said it, I think it's extraordinarily important to know. And and but he can he can justifiably now say I didn't say those things because who's going to come forward and contest it? Right. Well, who should have come forward are the people who claim they heard it. Even Bolton, who has had a horrible relationship with right, Trump, right. has said I don't think he said that at all. I didn't hear him say anything like that. So I want to know, and I you know what I'll never know because no. these people are pandas. And again, we we bring this up routinely, but people are just going to believe what they want to believe, right? But if right, you could have already... someone, if someone of of credibility step forward and say, "Look, I was in France when this occurred, and here's the tape. I recorded it. I want to play it for you." All the news gathering institutions. I'm holding a press conference at one o'clock tomorrow. My name's John Smith. I'm a special attaché to the ambassador to Paris or whatever. Here's what I heard. Here it is. I'm holding it up, and then you could say, "You want to do FBI voice analysis on that? That ain't J.L. Coven. That's Trump." Right. But but I guess what I'm saying, Joe, is it's not going to change anybody's opinion one way or the other. I, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine if if he was found to have said these things. About the people who have sacrificed their yeah, lives, how could they not let that affect their decision making? It's too big. It's too big to of an event if it happened to keep it uh, anonymous or hush hush. 
Oh, if you tell big. me again, tell me again what you just said uh, minutes ago about ABC News. They they did they run a crawl or did they actually did the anchor say it? No, the anchor said it. Uh, said although we I don't remember which anchor it was a five thirty news or whatever it was. They said although uh, we have not verified this or fact checked it, we are still running with it. See that enough right there, Joe, is enough to convince people right there, even though it's unverified. In the minds of the people that heard it, and all they want to do is displace Trump, it, it, it's fact to them, you know. Fact to who? The news gatherers or the American public? The watchers, public. The yeah, the viewers, the public. Yeah, you know, perception is reality in the mm-hmm. world we live in. But do you guys think that anybody is going to change their decision one way or the other, uh, sixty days from now? Well, yeah. I can answer that. I, I think people. I think people can can convince themselves that I don't have to change my opinion because I don't know if this is true. So therefore, I'm not changing my opinion. I'm still going to put my big Trump flag on my boat and go out and try and capsize it. <laughs> like, I saw was it that. Texas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Trump voters are not very nautical. People are clinging to these hull, overturned hulls, and people are getting swamped. Some of the waves looked like they were about six feet high just from the wash of right. boats on Lake Travis. Somebody put out a photo of the, the Biden boat theory. rally, and it was a, like a, a, a ride at Valley Fair that just went in a circle. <laughs> I have a theory about that, Church. Yeah. The reason we saw that, that are those are the former Democrats, now Trump supporters. Those are the Democrats that see that their party has gone way too far for the, uh, to the left hmm. and those uh, the, those voters are are the they're the new arrivals basically let me continue to answer rook's question wouldn't uh, no one will change their mind if you learned that he did in fact say those things and you were offered irrefutable proof of that and you didn't change your mind then uh, you're a, I, I don't know what to say about you mm-hmm. i don't know what to say about you but right now, you get to continue to believe what you want because you are justified in suggesting at his leadership that that's fake news. And that's the, here's the conundrum that America is in right now. That he said it or didn't say it is as up in the air as it's fake news or not fake news. Well, it's that's a sorry state, isn't it? News. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, fake news is a very, very real thing. And right. we're seeing it on all sorts of different levels, from Portland to Kenosha and right here in town. But it's either it's either he either said it or he didn't. So the people who believe in fake news believe he didn't say it. Right. And that's where anonymity uh, rears its ugly, ugly head and, and makes this decision-making process all the more difficult for rational people. Because, again, he's entirely capable of having said it. But with anonymity, he's just as capable to skate through this without harm. So I don't know what the intention is of these so-called anonymous sources. What, what was their intention? Damage, and the damage is done as soon as, right. as, soon as the news got le- leaked out. Yep. Here we are talking about it. Yep. No, no, the damage is not done because, as Rookie just said, who's going to change their mind? If you're a staunch Trumper, you're letting this news not bother you. You're believing. You're be, you're telling yourself there's no way he said it because there's right. no tape. There's no proof of this. He didn't say yeah. that. I don't think. I think, the, I think it affects people on the fringe, Joe. 
The, the newest the gatherers love it. They've leaped all over it and haven't let a day go by without reminding people that he said this, even though right. they have no proof. Therefore, the damage has been done. I'm sticking mm-hmm. with what I said. All right, stick with what you said. That's fine with me. I, I think I'm right. I got a great... Uh, <laughs> I don't know I'm right. I think I'm right. We'll find <laughs> out. That's all that matters, Kenny. Right. Well, you it's can be right till I tell you you're wrong. Right. Right. Yeah, okay, let's you. go with that. You know, when you're, a great, right, you're uh, right, and you, you're always right. I got a great note from Murray Death. That's a weird last name, isn't it? Uh, Joe, my daughter and son-in-law have their new VW from Schmelz. They live in Minnetonka, and they love the podcast, Keep It Up. Nice. And he uh, sent me a screenshot of it. I believe they got the Atlas. That's the new VW crossover, and I, I'm sure they took advantage of the uh, 72 months interest-free and the 120-day deferral on the first payment because all 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens enjoy that privilege. This is Countryside Volkswagen in Maplewood. On the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61, Schmel's Countryside Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat. I'm driving the new Fiat 500X because uh, Murray's daughter and her son have more money than I do, so they got the <laughs> Atlas Crossport, which is a hell of a vehicle. It's a hell of a vehicle. They sent me the front-end view. That's what I believe they got. Mm. It's just a nifty, nifty-looking automobile. So here's what you do to deal with Schmel's. You go to the website, SchmelzVW.com. SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, SchmelzFiat.com, and pick out the vehicle you're most interested in, perhaps the Atlas Crossport. Call ahead. They'll have it waiting for you for your inspection and test drive. Great rates right now, great service, great people, and they keep it safe during this time of uh, this endless Excuse me, I had a Roycey-like gas attack. Oh, okay. This endless uh, pandemic, they keep things safe for you. It's a great way to shop. Call Schmelz, 651 Two four three four three one six and set up your own personalized sales appointment. Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen Alfa Romeo and Fiat in Maplewood. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Brand new bumper music from the uh, young Mr. height lad, Mr. Dylan Height. Nice. I'm sitting here thinking that by next summer at this time, I should be living up north. I think I'm just going to book aimhighconstructionmn.com. I'm just going to book them out for the month of August (laughs) next year. Uh, I I am stunned every time I walk into my brand new kitchen or even stroll out of my brand new kitchen onto my brand new deck. Stunning work done by this amazing team at Aim High Construction. But I should have actually hired him to do more around the house. I'm so overwhelmed trying to get this place ready to sell. And now you GLers have them, have them booked darn near full. Keith, uh, Chris, uh, the whole gang at Aim High, they're going to do everything they can to possibly uh, help you to, to get those projects done. But please aware that COVID and quarantine, it's had serious effects on production and supply chains. And uh, you GLers, the calendar's full. They can't find wood. But here's the deal. It's always better to be signed up with the best than have some chucklehead. How would you like to have rookies show up at your uh, back door? Hey, got my hammer, got my claw hammer and my saw. You know the difference between a flathead and a Phillips? Because I don't. (laughs) Hey, Ruck, does Gil work for you? Uh, Gil's he's over out the back. He's a manager. Yeah, hey Gil, that, that's not that's 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 not a claw hammer, Rook. That's a, a ball peen hammer. Okay. Uh, but anyway, like I was saying, it's better to be put on the list than it is to have Rook do your job. 
uh, sign up with the very, very best. And I'm telling you, as a firsthand witness, I, I can confirm with confidence the very best is aimhighconstructionmn.com. Dear Mayor, you've been talking lately about the trajectory of life that some people are on, culminating in a less than desirable outcome, resulting at best in an unfulfilled, or to put it more bluntly, a wasted life, or at worst, a life ending tragically, whether at the hands of police, through gang violence, or other tragedy, the results being the same. I was reminded of this this morning as I read an article in the Star Tribune about two carjackings in South Minneapolis this weekend, allegedly perpetrated by a group of young teenagers, black, Asian, white, or any other race. It doesn't matter. It's the fact that they were teenagers committing these crimes. I read this article as I was thinking about the morning ahead of me. Specifically, I'd be dropping my two boys off for their first day of private Catholic school. I live in Edina, a choice predicated on the quality of the schools. However, this plan or lack thereof provided by the school district, which I feel revolved around the school board giving into the teachers' union demands versus doing what is best for families, and most importantly, the children of the district, led my wife and I down a path I would have never considered six months ago, pulling our kids from Edina schools, paying for private education, and delivering them to and from two different schools each day. But that's the reality of 2020. I find it analogous to getting a flat and putting on a spare. Yes, you've addressed the most immediate concern, but you have not solved the problem in its entirety. But here's my point. How long will it be until we hear about a greater increase in the achievement gap because some kids are in school and others aren't? And how long will it take for the blame to be cast on a system of privilege afforded only to some kids? If private schools in those districts which are open come through this unscathed, should there not be blame cast upon the liberal leaders who are making these reckless decisions? How many kids who, we sh who should be having their first day of school today are mm. instead facing an inflection point, putting their life on the trajectory you speak of, one they might never recover from, loyal listener Justin? Well, I can answer his question. I would imagine the critical race theorist would obviously agree with every word he said, that if you, uh, if you are uh, sending your child to a private school, uh, that is uh, an example of your racism. Oh yeah. And that, then we're gonna we're gonna take care of that. We're gonna take care. Rook, of that. are you comfortable sharing what you told us earlier? Uh, yeah, I just I know a, a someone in the industry, and it's an inner city school in St. Paul, and she had three online students respond in her class. I I, I would imagine there's supposed to be twenty. I don't know what her number is, but. I felt very. Uh, I felt bad for her as a teacher, mm -hmm. and then I felt bad for those seventeen other families. It might be because they don't have a wireless. They they don't have the iPad. They don't have the technology. They don't have the communicate. It was just. It was really sad. And this this year, next couple of years, there's going to be a big gaping and, hole. And look at that. Because of the decision by our governor and that school board, now yep, there's in now Saint there's Paul. and the, these are inner city kids that don't have that outlet now. And they need of education. It. And they, the inner city kids are the ones that need to be in school more than any of them. Right. I know, a guy, who, a, I know a guy who just pulled his, uh, his sophomore in college out of school at the sophomore in college's behest because uh, he's in school, but he's not allowed essentially to leave his dorm. There's no intramural bus service between the two campuses that he would be uh, enrolled in. Mm -hmm. uh, he got charged $499 for an athletic fee, yet all athletic facilities are closed. Uh, it's online only. There's a host of other problems, but the kid's going to uh, take a take a year off. He's not going to he's not going to go to school because yeah. it's not it's not working out for him. I think that's wise. Wow. Yeah. And, and it really stinks. These big schools are going to end up 
having to give money and go to their endowment. That's what you have an endowment fund for, correct? A rainy sure. day fund? Uh, presumably, but that hasn't stopped them from raising tuition rates. Well, I was going to throw a statement out there, but I think it would be better in the form of a question um, asking okay, you Alex. guys. Why, why are teachers more pres? Uh, B. Pre- <laughs> why are teachers more precious than other frontline workers? What makes a teacher or the environment so much more delicate than, say, my buddy Abdul down at the Tom Thumb, who's dealing with customers all day, every day? I can help you. Go, somebody. Help I can you. help you because I have a, a, a wife that is a nurse. Uh, I think okay. the rationale is. Those people, nurses, doctors, whatever, they're signing up to deal with people who are sick, as opposed to a teacher that didn't uh, didn't choose to oh, work in a line of work that is dealing with sick people, yet they could be affected because a kid could bring it to their classroom. But why is rookies, uh, no, let's keep rookie out of it, why is a teacher more precious or a classroom more precious than Abdul and Tom Thumb down few blocks away from me. Hmm. I think Reavers answered it. That's as good an answer as there is. Thank they you, Joe. They didn't sign yeah, but, up for but it. But that doesn't Abdul did sign up for it, Kenny. To interact with a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I got yeah, two I got little the... ones in school. Uh, the two girls who normally bother the hell out of me during the <laughs> podcast are, are now in school. And uh, You're lonely. They, every precaution has been taken. You know, every... Yeah, they're doing everything That's they the, can. It's the main line of pushback that I've been seeing, especially on social. You know, you teachers are oh so damn pre- precious. Just yeah. get into school, do your jobs, and let's get on with life. Man, so with an empty house, you're just walking around in the buff, huh, Such? No, 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 no just as chill boys. Got yeah. chill boys on. Uh, I dropped off the youngest for kindergarten today. <laughs> that had to feel pretty. That bad. was tough, no, man. It's not, Holy cow! It, it can't be because that's not your last. You'll have one more. Oh, and I can tell you right now, it's my last. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, that's it. The next <laughs> well, one I'm walking be. to school is going to be a grandchild. <laughs> Chris in Iowa wants an update to the GL lexicon. How do you define the service road of life? Your GL or in Iowa, Chris? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, it can be any any walk that you're on. Uh, you must be walking uh, to contemplate uh, the thought of garage logic. So wherever you're walking, that's your service road, the service really? road of life. Yeah, that's how I would define it. From the shop to the barn? That's a, to the that's, house? That's a short service road. Shed? That counts. That counts. Uh, I, well, I do all my thinking on I-94 from here up to there with the that radio counts. turned off. Well, I guess okay. then that, that, would, that would have me... That would have me thinking, of course you can be driving. What am I saying? Let's not get myself in another problem here. The Garage Logic Service Road of Life. The Garage Logic Service Road of Life uh, involves uh, uh, it's wherever you do your thinking, whether driving or walking. Yeah. It's contemplation. It can be anywhere. And Joe, I thought your recent ruling for Phil on regarding his wife to mow the lawn stopped short. Phil should implement a probation period for the CP and allow her to mow the front or backyard first to see if she is capable of doing it correctly without supervision. If she does, more power to her. In my household, I have implemented a no PBS rule. PBS is a project blindside. Allow me to explain. Fifteen years ago, I underwent a heart valve surgery, and when I returned home, I found my wife surprised me with a painting project in our bedroom. The walls were painted as high as she could reach and not painted behind the bed or dresser, anything she couldn't move. 
I have made it very clear that I hate painting, especially after having my chest ripped open. Now, anytime I away, I'm away from home for more than a day, I remind her of the PBS rule and that it is common courtesy that any project is discussed and agreed upon prior to starting. I do agree that projects are a perfect reason to procure a new tool. I have to relay a little story. When my seven-year-old grandson was helping me with a project and he was fascinated with my tools, he said to me, Grandpa, when I'm 30 and you're dead, can I have your tools? <laughs> right, bam. I, I think that is a ray of hope, oh. Dennis writes that. Uh, Dennis, it sounds to me like what you've done, though, what you're introduced with your Project Blindside, is that that is a preemptive elimination of FL, FFLF. You are preemptively taking away from her her ability to f- have the female fun limitation factor, which is fine. Whatever you can do to avoid the FFLF, I think would be entirely on the up and up. Grandpa, entirely on the dead, up and up. Can I have your tools? <laughs> there we go. Boom. Joe, you mentioned on Thursday's podcast that you are bothered by the phrase rate of speed. Remember that? John read a story yeah, and it was yeah. somebody crashed at a high rate of speed. And I, I, right. I'm bothered by that. He says, Joe, you mentioned on Thursday's podcast that you are bothered by the phrase rate of speed, and I might know why. Speed is already a rate. That is a ratio of two values, distance traveled per unit of time. Rate of speed is therefore pointlessly redundant. I suspect you as a writer have the same instinctual reaction to misuse of language that a mechanic or carpenter would have had seeing someone misuse a tool. Good luck and push back, Andrew Ang. Thank you. Thank you for stating what I uh, uh, apparently could not state. Rate of speed is already a thing. What did you say? Yeah, let me just read. Rate of speed is already a rate. That's it. Rate of speed is already a rate. Just tell me the car crashed into there going about 82 miles an hour. How about first and foremost? (laughs) (laughs) You ravers, you bastard. (laughs) Allie writes, hail the flashlight king. Hail you. I don't know what kind of life this poor Allie has led. She writes, I ate meatloaf for the very first time in my life, and it was the most delicious thing I've ever eaten. And if you could guess from my last email about Grunhoffers, it was the delicious meal from Grunhoffers, always pushing back Allie. Thanks, Allie. Grunhoffers old-fashioned meats at the north end of Hugo on High 60, Highway 61 is what Allie is referencing. And uh, don't forget the new Philly patty, red and green peppers. Yeah. Onions, Swiss cheese, all mixed together in a third-pound beef patty. You throw those on a hoagie bun with a little of the au jus. Mm. Uh, They had their normal business hours all weekend, so all GLers could have their Labor Day needs accommodated. Spencer Uh, worked yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Spence. Well, Spencer's got the best meat market in town, and uh, GLers take advantage of it. It's fantastic. Uh, brats, steaks, burgers, sliders, that new uh, Philly that new Philly brat, the meatloaf that Allie was referring to. No, I'm sorry, it's the Philly patty, not the Philly brat. Mm. Philly patty and that meatloaf that Allie was referring to. Spencer's even adding on 2,500 square feet because uh, GLers have turned this into the most popular go-to meat destination uh, in the known world. The world's yet where the world hasn't been discovered they don't know about grunhoffers that's right but where the world's been discovered all roads lead to grunhoffers at the north end of hugo on highway 61 here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life Joe Suchere. Who is that show-off on a nipple base? Yeah, that's, that's a nipple base. That's a nipple base? Yep, we got him. Damn. Is that Dylan? Yeah, he's good, man. Yeah, it's Dylan. Look at me, King. Wow. 
I think he's mocking me, Such. I'm pretty yeah. sure he is. I think is. he is, too. <laughs> Joe, I, Job I, well done. <laughs> I always thought the uh, the service road, the garage logic service road of life, I saw it as kind of like two word, two roads diverging in a yellow wood, and I was, I was kind of sad that I couldn't you know, take both of the trails. What? I just sat there and stood for a long time and watched until you couldn't even see it anymore. Is that a Robert Frost poem? Very good. Robert mm-hmm. Service. No, Robert, Frost. No, it's Frost. Frost. Say, Carl wants us to know, snobs. a woman who is third in line to have access to the nuclear codes is claiming she was duped by a hair salon. Boy, what a... <laughs> here we go. Is that perfect? Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Hashtag America. Well, it gets who, even better than that. Think about this. Who, who wrote this? This Robert? is from Carl. 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 A woman who is third in line to have access to the nuclear codes is claiming that she was duped by a hair salon. But I how, get this. How about the fact, though, that she... T- uh, just, I guess I won't get this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Biden's elected president. Oh, God. Uh, okay. Kamala, and he'll, he'll last tw- 20 minutes before he's going to take a full-time nap. <laughs> and then... Wow! <laughs> under, and under the covers now. Yeah. <laughs> so then Kamala Harris is president, you know, who's vice president. Nancy yeah. Pelosi. Ooh. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. dear God. I mm-hmm. have thought of that. Um, do you care to comment on uh, Kamala and what she said about Blake? Well, she's very proud of Jacob Blake, but I could not bring myself to read the story. Boy, it's, um, it's Is she alarming. proud of him because he's showing some grit and determination in his physical recovery? Apparently. Or was it the rape? Yeah. Allegedly. Was, Allegedly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't wish the kid any pain. Of course not, but... Do they not? I mean, is she that blind that she doesn't realize that that's very off-putting to a large percentage of people in this country? No. You'll note that I've certainly exercised the uh, way beyond the 72-hour rule in the Kenosha situation. I've not commented on the behavior of the police. And it's been way more than a week. And I'm not. What do you got? Uh, Nothing. I'm not going to comment because they haven't released anything. I don't know anything, so I'm keeping my mouth shut. Is that done by... I was going to ask you about that. Why, why haven't they released anything? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Why was nothing released in Buffalo, New York for about seven, eight months? Rochester. Rochester. Right. No, Buffalo. I Buffalo. Thought, I thought it was Rochester. Buffalo. B. 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 Um, oh. Is anybody saying anything about the record, uh, this kid's record in Kenosha? People I'm are, not. People are pointing it out, yes. But not as far as, are you saying news outlets, Mainstream. MSM. Mainstream Uh, media. uh, Some have chose to release that, yes. Okay. I don't uh, because I don't play that game, you know. How so? What do you mean? Well, I mean, George Floyd has a horrible record. That doesn't mean you get to get dead. So I just leave that that part alone. It's the whataboutism? It's whataboutism. Gotcha. Only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India. It's on this date in Minnesota history, September 8th. On this day in 1884, a tornado moves through Hennepin, Ramsey, and Washington counties, killing nine. White Bear Lake is the hardest hit. Now, this is news to me. I did not know that. Mm. 1906, on this date, the celebrated trotting horse, Dan Patch, paces a mile in 1 minute 55 seconds at the state fair, setting the world record. On this date in 1975. What do you got? Deborah Montgomery is the first woman admitted to the police academy, St. Paul Police Academy. She eventually rose to the rank of lieutenant. And in 1981, philanthropist Eleanor Lawler Pillsbury died at the age of 104. 
She had been involved with the Women's Association of the Minneapolis Symphony Orchestra, the National Society of Colonial Dames of America, Minnesota Planned Parenthood, and the Friends of the Minneapolis Institute of Arts. So there you have it. Now, this is Tuesday. Are we going to follow the garage logic with the taping of Tuesday Night Sports Talk? Yes. The young man is sitting in the next room, and he's ready to go. All right. Thank you, GLers. Hey, really quick, uh, the Daily Caller just made an announcement, Rookie. Uh, Former President Bill Clinton is going to start his own podcast. You've got to be kidding me. Boy, that just gave GL some mileage, didn't it? Mm -hmm. I think we can uh, maybe get some excerpts from the podcast. Where is he going to record this out of his mansion out east? I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not exactly. I'm going to have to have a listen. It might be real good. I'll take callers, and I'll take anything I can get. I know you always have. Yeah, so I can't wait to see what kind of interns we get. And uh, Mr. President, they uh, they also made the mistake of asking followers to name the podcast. Huh? What are we going to call this? Oh, no. Let's see. Give me some time on this one. I have to. I have to really uh, think it through. If you know what I mean. I think so. How about the Clinton podcast? Yeah, that's good. Careful how you spell it. <laughs> how about Pod MN? Mr. Let's President. go to Pod MN. <coughs> let's go. <laughs> Don't type fast. <laughs> Don't type fast. Uh, let's go to Pod MN on your smartphone, or uh, you could also do this old school on your computer. That's PodMN.com. Don't forget to pick up your pushback. Garage Logic sign at the Minnesotan, or check it out online at garagelogic.com. Had a guy yesterday who said, Boy, I sure missed the show. Are you doing a podcast? I said, Give me your phone. Uh, Don't forget 30 a, seconds. A brand new table talk has been out. You got to check that one out today.